Welcome to The Daily Dose, natural health tips from clinicians, researchers, and faculty at the Southwest College of Naturopathic Medicine and Health Sciences. Evidence-based care brought to you by the SCNM Medical Center, Neil Vernon Center for Regenerative Medicine, and the Medicinary at SCNM, your trusted source for physician-grade vitamins, natural supplements, and herbal remedies. We're your hosts, Janet and Chris. On today's episode of The Daily Dose, we would like to welcome the brilliant Dr. Yaldo Shokuhinia. Dr. Shokuhinia, could you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your role at SCNM and your journey to SCNM? Sure. So I'm a pharmacist, PharmD, and I have a PhD in pharmacognosy and two fellowships in phytochemistry and also medicinal plants analysis. I have been doing research on natural products and pharmaceuticals for the last 15 years, and I, I'm a senior scientist and a professor of pharmacognosy and phytochemistry in Southwest College of Naturopathic Medicine, Tempe. So I know in the news, there's been a lot of information, and I've seen people trying to find antivirals for COVID-19. Uh, there's also been a big uproar about hydroxychloroquine. So what is it exactly? Where does it come from? And I'd like to hear from an expert on it. Sure. So hydroxychloroquine is used to prevent and treat malaria infection, and also it is used with drugs to treat certain autoimmune diseases like lupus, rheumatoid arthritis. So it belongs to a class of medications that are known as disease-modifying anti-rheumatoid drugs. So the hydroxychloroquine is a derivative of quinine, which was isolated from the bark of cinchona tree. So it's interesting to know that the, this is a derivative of thing that comes from the plants and the bark of cinchona was being used by people from Peru as a muscle relaxant and to halt shivering due to low temperatures. So the medicinal air was brought to Europe and people in Spain and Italy were using it for diarrhea and malaria and it saved millions of lives. When King Charles II was cured of malaria at the end of the 17th century, Bitcoin, it became popular in London and everywhere. So in 19th century, the compound quinine was isolated from the cinchona bark and the seeds of the plants were exported from Peru and planted in different countries such as Indonesia, Philippines, and also United States. And the quinine remained the anti-malaria drug of choice until after World War II. So after that, other derivatives of the quinine was synthesized. So from like a chloroquine and a hydroxychloroquine and um, because they had fewer side effects and it is called semi-synthesis. So it means the skeleton comes from the plant but the chemist just changed it a little bit to have a better uh, drug. So what is called the mechanism of action of hydroxychloroquine is that it is an immunomodulator and has effects on B cells in the body by different pathways. One of them is like changing the pH and increasing the pH inside the vesicles of the body. And um, it just makes everything worse to for an external parasite like in malaria or a virus to live in the body. So it's not considered as antiviral drug, but it's just changing and helping the immune system of the body to just cope with, with this unwanted guest to the body, that comes to the body. 
so it's not approved by FDA for COVID-19, but there are several clinical trials that are using this medicine that, and that it is used with other medicine to cure this disease and is not suggested to use this medication unless your doctor recommends to do so because the it is used with other medicines, it's not alone, and it depends on the condition of the patient. And there are some situations considered as contraindication of using this medicine, so it's important to know. So essentially what it does is this ACE level skeleton botanical goes into your body and helps modulate yourself to become not desirable place for this virus to continue to breed and, and exist in. Exactly, yes. That's very interesting. It's not like it's fighting the virus specifically. It's you're giving your body a chance to fight it. Yes. So now that we've talked a little bit about where this drug originates from, and we see that originates from a botanical or bark specifically, why should people see a doctor before taking certain botanicals? So very good question. So botanicals are popular and fast-growing category of supplements. They are becoming popular since people are getting to know more about them, their effects, the broad range of efficacy and health promoting effects they can offer, the fewer side effects that might encounter. However, we should know that botanicals like chemical drugs can have side effects, can have interactions and contraindications. So we should know that sometimes the botanicals are being advertised for their potential effects as prevention, not treatment. So now in COVID-19 condition, there are a lot of information on using of this botanical, the other botanical, but some are suggested to modulate the body immune system. Some are for anxiety because anxiety can increase the cortisol and can just make us weaken. There are useful information around, but sometimes it becomes confusing. So it is always recommended to consult with experts on using the botanicals. Always let your physician and pharmacist know that you are using regularly a botanical to make sure that your product is not causing interaction with the drugs that you are using. And also it is important to use an standardized accredited botanical. Because anything you're putting into your body, you want to make sure that it's the best for your body. Just because I put it in my body doesn't mean that it's going to have the same effect as it does in your body because of our genetics and our pre-existing conditions. Also, you bring up a really good point is we're trying to do things that are preventative, but by putting ourselves in harm's way and not consulting with a doctor, we could actually be putting a greater strain on our healthcare providers at this point in time. So for the safety of everyone, don't put yourself at harm's risk by self-dosing. Yes, uh, it was reports of using a lot of amounts of garlic to prevent the COVID-19 just getting the virus, but it causes sore throats and inflammation in respiratory system. So as I said, every botanicals can have side effects and it's not recommended to be used. Everybody depends on the situation of the patient and other things. It's that old saying, too much of a good thing is still not a good thing. Exactly. <laughs> you mentioned the standardization of botanicals. And obviously there's a lot of lab work behind botanicals now. How do you actually standardize a botanical? What does that, what does that really mean? And then is there any scientific reasoning behind looking for 
specific properties? Sure. So botanicals and herbal preparations are medicinal preparations containing a single or two or more medicinal herbs. And each plant, good to know, that contains thousands of molecules. So one approach to standardize in herbal preparation is to quantify one or several molecules in the plant. The molecules that are considered to be more effective or that are important in the phytochemistry of the plant. So there are different methods to do that um, chemical standardization can including ultraviolet spectroscopy, high performance liquid chromatography, which is usually called HPLC and liquid chromatography coupled with mass detectors like LCMS and many other instruments that we can use to make sure that the right plant, we have the right plant with the acceptable amounts of the medicinal molecule in it. So one might use botanicals, the botany science and the microscopic and macroscopic methods and genetic methods to, for the identification of the bot botanical as well. So we can do this standardization in different stages. We can just make sure that the plant is the right plant by botany science. Then we can make sure that it's the right plant and it has enough amounts of the medicinal molecules by chemical methods and instrumental analysis. And for sure, later we need to just check the microbial load of the product. From a nutrition standpoint, there are so many different things that we have to consider. And we have to realize that botanical, quote unquote, nutraceuticals are not lab grown. And even if they are, there are so many different variables that we have to take into consideration. Just like if you were taking something from a field, those conditions, do they affect the efficacy of the herb or the botanical? So if you just have 300 milligrams of like Tylenol acetaminophen, it is 300 acetaminophen. It doesn't matter that if I, you have it here or in another state or another country is the same. But it's not the same story for the botanical. So if I have one gram of garlic here, it's not the same as one gram of garlic in the north of the U.S. when they are like, it's colder, when there is more humidity, and it's not the same if I harvest this garlic in the morning or in the afternoon, in the summer or in the winter, if the elevation from sea, the sea level is the same or not, everything and also the sunlight and sunshine. So everything can, and the soil. So many different factors can affect the amounts of medicinal molecules inside the plants. So it's different story to drugs. So that's why we should make sure if this 100 grams is, um, contains as many molecules that we want for our efficacy. So that's why we should standardize the product. So using chemical methods, different instrumental methods to make sure that this amount of plant has enough phytomolecules constituents to offer the efficacy to us. Very good. And I wonder if this also contributes to the idea that botanicals or natural supplements aren't effective, right? I feel like there's a lot of talk about how, oh, it doesn't work, but it's probably because we haven't been able to standardize any of it and really see across the board effects of it and track the effects of it in different people. We should make sure that 
thing that we are buying is standardized, is accredited, and it is what is declared on the bottle, on the label. So are there best practices for purchasing then? Like I know even me, I would Google search for certain things, but now I'm even thinking like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be searching for vitamin E on Google. Yes, so I would suggest to buy from the brands that have uh, good reviews by the like regulatory systems and buying from like medicineries, pharmacies, and get consultation from the pharmacies, from the NDs and people that have been using these products earlier. And just in a way, we just make sure that it is a standardized product. So that's an interesting point. So price-wise, are adulterated or is that cheaper usually or is it more expensive? It doesn't make sense that the same product, a plant which is so expensive and is difficult to find, you buy it from a company for like 200 bucks and some online are just selling it for 20 bucks. So that should be something. And I hope that one day it's going to be the standard of, I go to the grocery store, I see a bunch of bananas. I know it's going to be within some sort of price range during some sort of season. Eventually, the hope is that if, if we can, if you and Dr. Langland and the lab were providing this sort of botanical research yes. and information, that we can start to build knowledge base for consumers to know, oh, this season is not echinacea season. I'm probably going to expect that I can't find any of it or it's going to be extremely expensive because there's a limited quantity. And I think this has been great because we realize that an educated buyer is probably a healthier buyer in today's market, especially when shopping for botanicals and supplements for their own health. What is your favorite self-care exercise that you do at home or you do outside? I like doing yoga. So doing yoga just makes me relax as far as the muscles, the joints, and also my mind. So I love it to do that. And just recently, I'm doing more when we are just at home. I'm doing more with my daughter. She knows it and she makes it in her way in with gymnastics and whatever she likes, but we try to do it together. So That sounds like so much fun. Yeah. Well, thank you for taking the time today to teach us about why standardization of botanicals is so important and how similar actually botanicals and pharmaceuticals have in common and our expectation as consumers. Of course. Happy. Um, thank you for having me. And I would like to add the disclaimer that uh, our goal here was to provide some about the most relevant car information, but the information on this situation is changing every day. And um, because drugs interact differently in each person, we cannot guarantee that this information includes all possible interactions and this information is not a substitute for medical advice. And I will speak with your healthcare provider about possible interactions with all of the prescription drugs, vitamins, herbs, and supplements, and over-the-counter drugs that you are taking. Absolutely. Thank you again, Dr. Shokuhinia. We appreciate your time today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Take care and be healthy. Until next time, take care of yourself and each other. This has been Janet. And this is Chris. Tune in tomorrow for another episode of... The Daily Dose Podcast.